All right, Inappropriate Earl just keeps on chugging along. It's just a little podcast that could. Everyone thought I'd fail, but as usual, they're wrong. All you backstabbing LA comics start your own podcast and it flames out after about four weeks because you realize it's not quite as easy as I make it look. So suck on that, you haters. I got sources all over this place. You talk shit about daddy, I hear about it. But I'm not vengeful to your face. I work behind the scenes. I'm shadow company. So when you wonder why you don't get certain things, you should think why. I got to reach. All right, now that I got that out of the way. Uh, you know, I have a lot of people on this podcast talk about roast battle. So, uh, But you should go to verbalviolence.tv and check out the official roast battle podcast. This is like a... Uh, this is like a shadow account uh, roast battle podcast because uh, I like to have comics and, and roasters uh, on who uh, delve into their strategies and their backgrounds. And uh, tonight I have a cool podcast because my guest is battling in about uh, three hours. Well, who am I kidding? The way this show works, about five hours. Uh, and uh, this won't be released till tomorrow, so no secrets will be expunged. And his opponent is coming on tomorrow night. So uh, I've never really done it this way, but uh, this man is a good dude. Uh, he is, uh, he's a great comic. Uh, first time I saw him roast, I was like, who is this guy? He's a great writer. And he's also seen me get uh, uh, near sexually assaulted at his old uh, <laughs> pizza parlor gig. So uh, please put your hands together for the one, the only Dan Nolan. Thank you. Sorry about that long intro, no, dude. I like to uh, be a little different. Uh, <laughs> so you are roasting in about a couple hours. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you are one of the uh, better writers uh, of roast, in my opinion. You know, a lot of people just do straight ahead, uh, you know, short jokes. You know, they use other people uh, to write their jokes. Oh, wait, I'm talking about me. Uh <laughs> You are very creative with your jabs, and uh, you are facing Lindsay Jennings, yeah, who's awesome. Uh, some people may say she has a lot of targets, you know, uh, tattoos, white yeah. hairstyle, uh, a semi-sorted uh, sexual uh, <laughs> past and history. Uh, how do you go about? Uh, is it easy for you to go up against someone who has so many targets, uh, alleged targets? Or, you know, if you're going up against, say, someone like Pat Barker, who's, you know, pretty, uh, you know, ge not generic, but, you know, right. regular looking. Yeah, he's got, uh, he had, you know, like a lot of different, like with Pat, there's nothing that pops out. With Lindsay, it's hard because, uh, or at least it was, uh, there's like the one distinguishing thing is really like giant whore jokes, like <laughs> just trying to make pussy jokes. And uh, it's what it's hard to keep your mind from going to that. And I had to, I decided how many I was going to do beforehand. And uh, I, I, I picked a number of how many pussy jokes I was, <laughs> I was willing to do uh, versus jokes about her comedy or her tattoos or her personality or uh, different stuff. So I had to, it's, it, in some ways it's harder. It's harder to battle people that have like very distinguishing characteristics because you can't do all jokes about the same thing. Yeah, it's like uh, that's what made Mike Lawrence's roast against Ralphie Mae so good was, you know, you think, okay, it's 
kind of hard not to do fat jokes. Right. You know, Alfie's a bigger dude who's awesome, by the way. Love Ralphie May. But, you know, for the sake of this show, you know, people are going to make fun of his <laughs> right. appearance. And But Mike was so uh, clever with, he just didn't do straight ahead fat right. jokes. Right. Yeah, they weren't, you're so fat, blah, blah, blah. They had jokes about his marriage and they they tied back to him being a fat guy. So it was, they were all multi layered and like really smart fat jokes. Yeah. I mean, they were, it's almost, I'm almost glad I got third place so I didn't have to go up against Mike <laughs> right. Lawrence. Uh, so, and, but tonight there's, uh, I think, unless they have special surprise judges, it's uh, the Sklar brothers, uh, Jeff Ross and Tony Henchcliffe, which I think. To me, that plays into your favor because, you know, four guys, you know, not to get into this uh, Donald Trump (laughs) locker room uh, (laughs) talk, but like that would seem to benefit uh, the dude because, you know, guys will like, I think, the hoarier jokes. Right. Did that play into your decision or or do you even care who's judging? Uh, Yeah, I don't because I don't find out until the end. Basically, I found out a couple days ago who's who's going to be there judging. So I I don't think too much about that. I uh, I pretty much try to pick a strategy, you know, as far as w- where I'm putting which jokes while I'm writing them, just based on which are the better jokes, in my opinion. I've done like I've done the opposite of that. I've like uh, had battles where I tried to just I just decided I was going to put jokes that I liked the best in the third round. And uh, try to trust trust my judgment. It just didn't work. <laughs> I was uh, a couple of them, like uh, Dave Deary and uh, Connor McSpadden. I got f- fucking my ass kicked, and uh, Toby Marchino fucked me up. Yeah, but you had one of the great all time comebacks in your uh, Connor match, where uh, and I'm not like throwing a zinger at you, but you had a. I don't remember the joke, but it didn't go over yeah, well. Just- complete silence complete silence <laughs> i've been there yeah. you know i've certainly bombed on roast battle uh but you, you saved it you know you just said oh fuck yeah and it got a huge laugh and then you came back and uh we're building momentum to win uh yeah i think if i had one more stronger joke in the in the third round that probably would have went to overtime but uh my last joke that i thought was much funnier than i, I guess it was didn't do it that good i think if I had switched it out with, uh, I, I, that's was a tough one because I, th- like, that was a lot of strategy going into that. And I overthought it and put too many jokes on the end. Like, I put all my heavy hitters in round three. And that left me with, you know, if I lost round one, I'd be fucked. And I did end up losing round one because I fumbled a joke. And he hit me with, uh, uh, he had a comeback where he said, well, well, that really bombed. Maybe you should go back to roasting spoons. <laughs> Fucking just killed me. Because uh, for those of you who right. don't know, aren't <laughs> listening, uh, you know, Dan uh, has had, uh, you know, bouts of uh, heroin use. Yeah. Is that uh, yep. good, the good way to put it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But he's back. He's, he's off the sauce. Right. 18 um, months now. 15 months. 18. 18. Yeah. Jeez, see, I'm shortchanging and yeah. trying to get you into it again. <laughs> right. <laughs> Three months, right? No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, is it hard to... Uh, I mean, I don't know of a lot of heroin use in the comedy scene. Uh, I, I guess I see more alcohol and... Uh, yeah, Coke. Uh, is powder and refreshment. And people uh, are doing pills and stuff, but it's... Uh, I mean, most of that stuff is like so sketchy. People kind of keep it to themselves. Uh, anything other than alcohol. And, right. uh, and I mean, that drinking's a big thing for me. That's a huge part of my past. But like, are you sober too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't do so anything. you're 18 months of everything. Yeah, everything. I don't uh, smoke weed or anything. Um, yeah. 
just totally sober. Is uh, is it hard being in our business? I mean, like tonight we'll go up there. People are drinking in the patio before the show, right. and then after the show, <laughs> it's real. You know, booze sales probably quadruple. Yeah. Is it hard to be like in our business? Uh, do you get tempted still? Uh, no, I mean it was in the beginning, but now it's uh, it's so. I mean, I have the benefit of uh, also being there at the end of the night to see the people that are just fucking disgusting on the patio. All those oh, the fucking worst. monsters out there, just the worst yeah. fucking. Oh my god, the fucking drunken degenerates just out oh, there, yeah. just talking shit. And- <laughs> oh, the, the, I mean, really, if if you go to Rose Battle, please go go for the show. It's a great show, three years running. I've never seen a show with this longevity. But stay for the after show on the patio where you've got open mic slobs <laughs> right. who just bombed on an undercard telling the main eventers what jokes they should have done. <laughs> yeah. You fucking fools. <laughs> you know, are, are talking about their uh, undercard match in three months against someone who's so far back in the rankings. I need binoculars to see him. Right. So it's quite, it's like the bar in Star Wars. Like you've got. <laughs> Every, (laughs) you know, it's like the the patio after roast battles is so much palming and bullshitting and, uh, you know, whatnot that, you know, it's a sight to see. So it's Tuesday nights at the comedy store. If you can't, if you're not local, take the plane flight out and check it out. Now you mentioned, uh, I'm a big fan of talking about strategy on roast battle because, uh, I have several strategies I employ. Uh, you know, like I usually don't like to go first. I like to force, the, not force, but like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like the other person to go because my I'm better at rebuttals than actual jokes. Uh, do you? Well, I, some people don't like talking about it, but uh, this will air tomorrow. Right. Uh, do you have strategies like wanting to go first or second? No, I um, I always want to re- win round one, but uh, there's not like there's not really any benefit to going first or second. I don't think, I think depending on, it makes a difference which joke I'm going to use. But uh, like if I'm going first, I'll try to use my strongest joke or my meanest joke for the first round, but, uh, and just try to kind of cut their legs off at the beginning. But going second, you have the benefit of doing rebuttals, but uh, those are harder to do in the first round because you kind of want to try and save those for three anyway, because the thing about rebuttals is like it, you don't it doesn't even have to be that good the fact that you have one it gets a much bigger reaction for almost anything oh absolutely yeah. it's uh, i like to blow through my rebuttals in the first round and, <laughs> you know uh do you find it harder facing a, a guy or a girl cuz you know like lindsay will probably i mean you're very popular up there so the room will probably be split in terms of you know i don't think anyone's rooting for either one of you to lose but uh, uh do you feel that girls and Lindsay may not be the best example because of her, uh, you know, uh, rocker like appearance, but uh, you know, some girls seem to get the benefit of the doubt with the judges, yeah, and sure. uh, the crowd. Just you know, they. I always say this, like you know, uh, when I battled Olivia, I was careful to not make fun of her looks, and we were dating at the time, so you know, obviously, I liked her. Uh, but I thought it would come off mean. Or, you know, I could say, well, Olivia looks like blah, blah, blah. And people would be like, well, she's really hot. What, what are you talking about? And then, But Olivia can say about me or you, right. well, Earl or Dan look like, you know, fucking freakers. <laughs> and the crowd will be like, yeah, they kind of do look like freakers. Uh, do you have a preference in going against a guy or a girl? 
Uh, I mean, I like, I, I, there is like a challenge with going against female battlers. I've done, this is my third one now. Um, and my first one with Gene Whitney, I didn't end up liking my jokes. I felt like I came off too mean. And that was, I mean, that's what that is. And it's just like, uh, it's tougher. It's, you can't be that mean or you can't just do easy. You're a slut jokes. And, uh, what if they are actually a slut? I'm not Gene. <laughs> Gene isn't, uh, and, and Lindsay isn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, I don't, you know, right. uh, you know, uh, I mean, I guess Lindsay's open about her. Uh, right. Her, yeah. Uh, she's uh, she's a model and top a suicide the, girl. The suicide girl. She has an uncensored Snapchat where she charges guys money for naked pictures of her. So, <laughs> so I, I, I have more liberty to say stuff than I could have against like Leah K. Janian, where I did no <laughs> slut jokes at all. Right. <laughs> I just kept saying she has a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. Well, but <laughs> I'm trying. What's uh, her Snapchat address? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, is it like, because uh, like some girls up there, are, uh, I'm so scared now after seeing how people go after Trump, but like some girls who battle, like do blow it out a lot, uh, but they're on the DL about it. If they're a little more open about it, like I guess Lindsay is. Do do you find that easier to attack? Like, you know. Yeah, I feel like I'll be I'll be able to get away with more, but I I've also thought hard about you know trying not to do too much of it. So uh, I mean I've I've limited it and I've put the jokes you know in a specific place where they'll all kind of be together. Because if she has one killer rebuttal for any slut joke, depending on where I put them, it'll, it could just completely cut my legs off. If I, if I sandwich them all in the wrong place, she could hit me real hard. Yeah. I mean, uh, like how, like I like to write, uh, like if I ever were to go against you, like that's the only way I know how to explain it. Like I wouldn't necessarily write jokes about you. I would be like, okay, what is Dan going to say about me? Yeah. And then do it that way. Do you, or did you think with this battle, uh, what is, do you think Lindsay probably hit you on maybe heroin joke, uh, you know, and maybe girls you've uh, had relations with in that room? <laughs> um, if no, you have yeah. had any at all, <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I uh no I I I for this one specifically I'm I'm kind of going more on the attack. I feel like I can put her on the defensive and uh I mean on other ones like uh I've I I've used so many comebacks to heroin and jail and stuff already. I have one jail comeback tonight. And I had a heroin comeback but I think I just dropped it. I'm not probably not going to use it tonight. But uh uh, where else do you think she'll hit you? Uh, you know, like uh, your physical, uh, like I know that's a big thing for, you know, pretty much in every roast is a, a visual. You look like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You have a big head. You right. don't, but like your, your eyes, your teeth or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I have rules about those jokes is that they, they always go in the first round if I have them because I feel like they're much weaker. Like the writing for that is so much easier. Like, um, so that that's where I put those just because I like to put the more like layered and complicated and richer jokes at the end because I think those get a bigger reaction but uh now you mentioned um putting jokes in certain uh you know first round you know I like to load up in the first round myself uh, just because uh you know you don't know if there's going to be a third round right like uh, it's risky because then you run the risk of if there is a third round, uh, 
uh, you know, you're kind of uh, running on some of your lesser, uh, stronger jokes. Like, how do you pick? Is you know, in almost every battle, even undercards now, I, I noticed there's seems to be sort of a like uh, the '80s 49ers. Uh, I'm gonna probably lose half the crowd with a football reference from the '80s, but mm -hmm. it's my fu fucking decade. People deal with it uh <laughs> they would script their first 15 plays no matter what it, even if the team was strong against the run if they had a running play they would use that on play number three regardless do you uh, almost script your like how do you like for Lindsay? and once again guys this won't be out till tomorrow uh, did you pick maybe meter jokes up front and then just see where she goes and you have certain batches of jokes you plug in and out of the second and third rounds um yeah the, the way that i'm doing it is uh i'm gonna build up to the slut jokes like tonight i'm gonna do my first round uh is all about her comedy basically and my second round is all about her personality pretty much and then the third round is just all your uh your dirty whore jokes <laughs> as it should be <laughs> right because those hit it's you know it's not totally fair but those hit the hardest um and you know and and some of my you know the the your horror jokes some of them are you know go or uh, you know actually relate back to her personality and some of the earlier jokes about her comedy are also kind of calling her a whore so they all kind of <laughs> go together and because uh, those are my favorite kind of jokes anytime it's you know if you can get as many layers as you can into one joke oh yeah i mean uh you know, that's why someone like Pat Barker. Or yeah, Pat's the best at it. Pat can do like you know three double entendres in a in a single joke. And Connor, like yeah. you know, and Mike Lawrence, you know, he's like you know unbelievable at weaving two faults of yours into one yeah. you know shot. So, uh, what got you into roasting? We're gonna get into your comedy because I think a lot of people don't know a lot about you. You know, that's the thing. You if you're a great roaster, you kind of get you know classified as a roaster and people kind of forget well you know all of us do stand-up too but right like what got you into roasting uh i mean i started the roast battle around the same time that i started comedy i started like two months into stand-up so that's that's been a weird thing to me is that this is so popular and i get to be a part of it and my stand-up is like uh it's just kind of okay <laughs> like it's not amazing or anything i've only been doing it a year and a half but, and uh, so a year and a half yeah. What got you into stand-up? Uh, I just always wanted to do it. And then once I got out of rehab, I just said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to move out here from New York, uh, just get away from all the, the drugs and all the crazy shit that was going on in my life and uh, just completely start over. I moved into a sober living uh, out in West Adams here. I bought a moped. And for like the first three months I was out here, I just lived off of uh, stolen software. I stole a bunch of software. I well, let's get into that. Software. Forget comedy. Yeah. Because so, uh, when you were, like, you stole software because were you in the computer world? No, it was just to buy heroin. We would just go to Target and steal, like, stacks of Rosetta Stone language software, which is like, you know, it's like the $400, like, language learning software. It's just in the book section. And we would just take, like, 10 of them at a time and walk out and the alarm would go off but we would just keep going and uh so i came out here i what happened was i got a bunch of it and i went down to new york city to sell it and then uh, i had really bad asthma so i ended up getting hospitalized for asthma and it happened all the time because i snorted so much heroin before i started shooting it i used to snort like two grams of heroin a day really yeah which is a lot it's like two hundred dollars <laughs> yeah yeah, it's an enormous amount of powder that was, and it, the thing about heroin is that it's a cough suppressant, so it just sits in your lungs, 
Like it doesn't, if you're snorting it, it doesn't, you're not coughing it up. It just sits in there. So like I've done permanent damage to my lungs, I'm sure. Like, uh, and like, is it a, I've never done a drug in my life. So, uh, caffeine's probably my drug of choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, is, is it, is it true what they say? Like you're always chasing the high of the first high. Uh, I mean, that's true of like some stuff, but not, not really heroin. I mean, heroin, you can get, uh, you know, anytime there were days where I would get it just right, you know, still, (laughs) and it would be better than anything I'd ever had before. But like with a drug like ecstasy or something that there's a lot of that, like the first time I ever took ecstasy was like amazing. And then it was, I tried it a couple times after that. I did it maybe a dozen times and it was never as good. So I just didn't go back to it. But with uh, with pills, you can always get it just right, or uh, or heroin later when I was shooting it. So uh, if you guys are listening out there, just you know, get into pills. Yeah, just keep <laughs> keep at it. And like, how many pills would you like? Because I'm such a like novice at this stuff. Like, what kind of pills would you take? Uh, first, it was OxyContin, and I would get like uh, I would get an eighty milligram pill of OxyContin, which was like at the time I could get it on the streets for like fifty bucks. And that would last me about a week. And then pretty soon it would last me a weekend. And then it was a day. And then I was doing two a day. And I was like bar backing and working at a radio station at the time. So I was like, uh, you know, I I worked these weird hours or I was doing, uh, I used to like install clay tennis courts. I had all these weird jobs. I was working in delis and like. uh, Clay, wait, who? God damn, you're interesting. This is why I love having people. Like, we know each other. Right. And I consider you a good friend, but we don't know each other. Like, you know, because we see each other at comedy clubs and, you know, hey, what's up? And talk about, you know, I don't know, nothing of circumstance, I guess. <laughs> uh, but that's more me than you. Uh, where, I mean, like, where the hell do you install a clay tennis court? Um, we would put them in at like country clubs and stuff like that. Or a couple were at people's private homes or in like, uh, in like townships that had their own private, uh, tennis courts. And it's just like a really laborious process where you have to like, uh, get all the rocks at the beginning of every spring. You have to get all the rocks out that have been pushed up over the winter by the cold. And you have to, you have to take them out and then you have to fill in the space that that was left by the rocks you have to coat it and then you have to lay down all the lines like you know on a clay tennis court the white lines actually have nails in them they're nailed down so it's like every two inches there's a nail so if you if you picture the size of a tennis court and all those lines and all those nails it's like you're really bent over for like six hours straight just nailing down those lines and that seems like it would be backbreaking work i mean or tedious more uh and do did you feel like How's that pay? Does that pay well? Uh, I mean, it wasn't crazy. I think it was getting like 12 to start an hour. And then I think it, at, by the end of it, it was like 15. And was that just a job, you know, you did to make ends meet? I yeah, mean, that's just something I would do every spring, even if I had different jobs. It was just, it was good money. And, you know, I, I was usually working nights at that time, bar backing. So I would get up, I'd be, you know, exhausted and hungover or whatever. And I would go, and uh, that was when I started taking OxyContin and Percocet, actually, was uh, doing that. Because it's really like, you're out in the sun, you're hunched over all day doing, you know, picking up rocks and shit. But if you're high on OxyContin, like, you just, it gives you an energy. People think it, like, makes you all doped up and sleepy, but it actually, there's like, uh, you get, like, kind of a rush if you do, if you do, you know, a a decent amount of it, you can get, uh, you just feel kind of powerful. Wow, you're selling me on it. You might, <laughs> you might get me into doing drugs at 48 years old. Uh, when, do you remember, like, at what age did you get into drugs? 
Uh, it wasn't until after college. So uh, before college or like during college, high school, I guess, well, I guess kids do drugs in grade school. Uh, <laughs> nowadays they're fucking, uh, d- did you like drink or like yeah yeah i drank a lot but i mean i also i was kind of a regular guy i didn't get good grades or anything but i was like i was an eagle scout and i was president of my class and stuff in high school college i got honors and then i ended up dropping out but uh i was you know i was a decent student and then uh you know i quit drinking in college and i did really well but uh i ended up moving back home and i got arrested for uh i, I got locked out of my brother's apartment and I couldn't get back in, so I broke in, and I just, I it's, I don't know what happened. I was blacked out drunk, but I broke a bunch of shit in the basement of his apartment, and, like, I took a shit in a washing machine, and I ended up getting arrested. I don't know why, I don't know why I did it or uh, anything. I was just totally blacked out. There, I remember, I remember I was in this room, like a storage unit, and it was just full of all these broken bicycles, and I was just, like, trying to take a bicycle. I, I don't know what I was trying to do. I just have these little flashes of uh, shitting in a washing machine and trying to steal a bicycle. Well, I guess that would be a good place to take a shit. I mean, <laughs> right. in theory, I mean, what did you use for toilet paper? Uh, I think curtains. I think there were curtains in the laundry room. Well, I'm sure that must have been lovely for the next guy to come in. <laughs> right, whoever, some fucking poor guy just going in to do his laundry or maybe it was a cleaning guy the next day found it. I don't know. He's like, I think there's shit on those stripes. <laughs> right. Now, is this back east or out here? This is in New York. Okay. That was in the Bronx. So I spent three days in lockup in the Bronx for that. And they ended up dismissing it. Um, <laughs> right. I'd love to, I, you know, I'm curious as the OJ got off of a double murder. Uh, how do you, uh, oh, they probably got a lot of shit going on. Pardon the pun. They probably were like, Accident. <laughs> right. just don't do it again. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that. I mean, I wore a suit and stuff to the courthouse, and there were. It's you know that that neighborhood in particular, uh, Woodlawn in the in the Bronx, it's like a real like Irish neighborhood. So they're kind of used to just like real drunken shenanigans that kind of get swept under the rug. Now, what made you pick uh, L.A. to come to to, you know? maybe change your life or dry out because you know i would think la would be on the list of cities to not go to uh, just because there's like so much temptation and especially in stand-up you know uh mm-hmm. did you just was there any other options uh i mean i could have stayed in new york but that probably wasn't healthy but i mean I've, i lived out here before uh, i went to school out here and i actually i always wanted i came out here Pretty much specifically for the comedy store. I always wanted to be a guy at the comedy store. And you are. No, yeah. really. I mean, I'm there. <laughs> but Yeah, but you know. I mean I'm in the yeah, I'm in the machine. You're in the mix. Yeah, I right. mean, it's uh I mean I don't think it put it this way, I don't think it's gonna take you fourteen years to get past there <laughs> like certain other people <laughs> who busted their hump like yeah. a fucking... oh, dude, you deserve it. I things you got a nice year ahead of you, it looks like. You just everything's if I could care. just get my personal life <laughs> figured out. Right. I've mm-hmm. been so happy to see on TV and shit. This has been like really cool. But okay. I mean, I think I'm, uh, first of all, thank you. I mean, it's like, you know, sometimes, I mean, not that I'm getting that much stuff, but it is like, wow, this is actually what it feels like to be, you know, nominally successful. But I, I think I am uh, could be a good mentor to someone like you, like, well, he could have quit, maybe should have quit a, a while ago. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's not going to take you as long as it did me. But 
Yeah, I'm not bitter about that. <laughs> Fuck it. It's dude. been nice. I mean, I've only been here a year and a half, but it's there's been so many like success stories that I've gotten to sit and watch the you know watch the tape play out. Like it's easy to be bitter in the beginning of comedy when you see like people that just get things for no reason at all. But I then still see it, <laughs> right? But then you hang out long enough and you see guys like you or like Pat Barker, Jeremiah now, like all this nice stuff happening for people that have just put in the work and like not been scumbags about it. And yeah. it's just been nice to watch stuff pay off. So I like it's been really inspiring. Just the last uh, like six months, I've gotten to see some really cool shit happen to people I really like. I mean, that's what I love about Roast Battle. It's, a, it's such a community feel. And like, you know, uh, I mean, I'll, I, I hope you don't I can edit this part out, but, you know, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you know, when, when I was battling up in Montreal, I sent you my jokes and you were very nice to like, uh, give your, uh, feedback and like, you didn't have to, you know, you know, you're busy and. Uh, oh no, I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do when people send me jokes, unless it's like some, somebody I don't even really know and they're doing an undercard and they send me 30 shitty jokes that I'm just like, ugh. but Paging Mark Stevens, Mark Stevens. <laughs> Pick up, no, I'm just kidding. I, I got to tell you my favorite Mark Stevens moment and I, I'm obsessed with Mark Stevens. I love Mark. He's, he's just another, uh, you know, roast battle family member. Uh, yeah. You know, me and Olivia are battling an LA riot. It's nerve wracking to do roast battle under any circumstance. And like literally five minutes before our battle, like me and Olivia are both petrified. I mean, you know, we're scared. And Mark Stevens is going up to Olivia, going, "Hey, can I run my jokes for my, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for my undercard that's in like two months?" And Olivia is <laughs> like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> but you know, so it's uh, I'm just kidding, Mark. If you, I know he listens. <laughs> like, th throw you a shout out. Mark the shark, uh, four random numbers on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> but that's what I love about, you know, the, not just roast battle, but the comedy story. There's a definite community feel to it. Like, you know, yeah. if I ever thought of a gig that would be good for you, I, I'd tell you. And then, you know, I know you'd help out. You, you would probably help out Lindsay Jennings get a gig. If, oh, like, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. And anything. And that's, yeah, it's especially, yeah. Roast battle in particular. I just feel, it feels like we're on like the, like we're in a fraternity or we're in like a, we're on the football team or something of comedy. And it's just like, we're, we're all kind of in this thing together. It's, it really feels like a team. Like it's such a group thing. Yeah. I only wish certain people felt that way. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, <laughs> but I think, you know, if you can read between the lines who I'm talking about, I don't know what you're talking about. Some of you guys better get your act together. <laughs> it's a team game roast battle there's no i in team that's always my favorite thing to see when there's like two shitty open micers on on facebook and they get into some feud and then they're like let's settle this at roast battle and no it's just like that's gonna be the word you're both bad well that's when i uh you know it, it's weird you know like when I'm the hater, which I will be tonight, and I probably won't even be needed during your battle, uh, you know, because <laughs> you guys are going to be great. It's going to be a great battle. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I might have a line about, you know, what the stage looks like just to get a line. Right, right. Uh, but it's hard when a battle's good, you know, for me, because it's like, I don't want to interrupt your guys' momentum and, 
Like, you know, I I almost need a bad battle. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the show, that's the best part about the show is that there's so many, there's you and the judges and everything and the wave to save it when it's bad. It's almost better when it's bad. Like, yeah. every night should have at least one bad battle. Oh, I think tonight we're going to have one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I know which one. I'm not going to say, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but uh, one of the contestants came up to me last night at the store and was like, uh... I'm not really prepared. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? When's your battle? She's like, oh, ch- tomorrow. I'm like, oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I mean, you got to prepare for these things. It's mind-blowing yeah. to me that yeah. people try and... There's one person who can wing it, and that's George Perez. George Perez, I was going to say. Yeah, uh, he's, he's just a... I mean, that's where he... That's what he came out of, is he was the first Yo Mama champ. Yeah. And uh, he's just a guy who can talk shit. <laughs> I mean, he could come in here right now, literally, and... Uh, battle either one of us and have 12 jokes ready and you know i need uh at least like if i ever say earl dan nolan you i would say i need two months yeah that's how i do that's a good yeah a month or two is for me that's pretty much what i need i i've liked it a couple times i've done two weeks there was i think two main events where i did with two week turnaround and uh, i like that i like the pressure of that but uh yeah, a month you get to really like marinate on it. With Pat Barker, I had a month and I wrote everything in two weeks. And then I spent the next two weeks just figuring out exactly where I was going to put all my jokes. Which is hard because yeah. it's like, you know, uh, with Pat, uh, I think you had maybe, if not the greatest, one of the greatest, which is saying a lot. I mean, I, you know, Roast Battle has been three years now, almost three years, I think hundreds of battles literally uh so that's thousands of jokes you had uh at the worst the top five joke of all time with the miscarriage joke yeah that's uh, uh <laughs> my dad was really proud of that i guess he googled me and looked up and just happened to see that i won the thing of the, the joke of the year roasty uh, whatever award and he emailed the whole family oh daniel won a uh, roasty award for the comedy store show and I, like, I don't think he knew that it was a joke about a guy's kid dying but yeah. uh, <laughs> now what i mean i know you got a lot of Lindsay jokes in your head but just uh to show you the caliber of this joke do you remember the joke yeah it's uh when pat lost his child to a miscarriage last year there was nothing funny about it uh, which is how pat knew he was the father and it got uh it just i only ran it once i I like to run my jokes before sometimes i don't do it now but uh i like to run them before and i ran it once and it got pretty much the same reaction at a shitty open mic that it did at the comedy store where people were just like oh my god and uh so i just said all right well i'm definitely doing that one last i mean yeah that was like an all-timer and kind of leads me into uh the next question um you know, I know, especially in, in Montreal, there was a few jokes and various battles that were deemed uh, almost over the line. Um, you know, is any topic off limits for you? If you're battling someone, do you ask them, hey, is there anything you don't want me to talk about or do you go all in? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I will I mean, I talked to Pat about that beforehand and I was dead sure I wasn't going to do a joke about it because I was like, that is so you know over the line unless it's a level changer right it has to be re it has to be so much funnier than it is mean for something like that that to make it worth it 
Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry, I was, uh, <laughs> I was like, getting the, the cell phone. I think the iPad uh, went on the fritz, and I wanted to snap a few pictures. Uh, so sorry about that dead air. We'll just uh, <laughs> we'll edit that out and post. Uh, see, this is what I'm talking. About. I'm a one man gang here, right. guys. I don't have a photographer. That's uh, impressive, you know. And by the way, one man gang uh, is uh, house and. I think Florida just got disintegrated. So if you're a fan of pro wrestling and uh, you want to help out the one man gang, or for uh, some of you may know him better as Akeem, the African dream, uh, you know, go on his Kickstarter and give him a couple bucks. I don't know what it is. So that basically that was dead air too. <laughs> I'm plugging a Kickstarter. I don't know anything about, but uh, like, and I think Pat's wife, who is like the sweetest right. girl. She's so nice. I mean, so nice and beautiful and just like uh, salt of the earth times a hundred. Both of them uh, was in the crowd that night. So did that? Were you at all nervous about uh, or not? Maybe not nervous, but uh, whatever the word is. Uh, not only hurting Pat's feelings, which I guess at the end of the day you're almost trying to do to fluster him. Uh, <laughs> but did did you at? any point in time think about wow how is she going to take this yeah uh, i did i the, the joke when i originally wrote it was uh i said pat's wife had a miscarriage last year and there was nothing funny about it and uh and then i changed i said i can't say his wife i'm not going to say his wife so I, I like i changed the wording of the joke i tried to get it as close to the line as i could without get going over and i felt like i did it uh but i i i like I still, after I, even after I did the joke, everybody else seems to think it was like obvious that I'd won. But in my head, I was like, I "Was did I? Is it? Was that too much?" <laughs> like it got the huge reaction and everything. And and I remember the the bell rang and Moses said, "Hug each other." And I was like, "Well, they got a vote." And he goes, "No, it's over." <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the number. That's the only rule at roast battle. You got to hug. At yeah. The, uh, end of every battle, which I think is good rule. I mean, yeah, I might have trouble hugging one or two people. <laughs> I think they know who they are. <laughs> I like to leave these pro wrestling type vague yeah. references. <laughs> I like to pe- keep people on their toes. I don't dislike too many people. But yeah. There's one or two out there I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I have almost no enemies. I don't think there's like there's nobody that I just don't like. You know, there's that, people that I'm like, ah, oh, that's guy's annoying or whatever. But yeah, well, cause you do it the right way up at the com, especially at the comedy store. It's like uh, that, you know, place is such a uh, alpha male, uh, high pressure environment that uh, you know, uh, uh, wacky people get you know weeded out pretty easily. You know, whereas the nice ones are in it for the long haul and. You know, you're like one of the nicest dudes ever, which I think what makes you such a great roaster because, you know, you don't see it coming. You look so normal, like, and like meek and humble, and then you throw out these fucking bomber lines. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, I I think, like, Toby Maraschino is the, is like the king of that. Like, no one ever sees it's coming, and he's just a fucking murderer. I mean, I don't know how I would roast him. Like, you have. Like, what was like, and Toby's been on the show before. He's like one of the top battlers. uh, But he's so like, he's, and this isn't like, I'm not getting a jab in at him, but like, he's so just there. Like, he's just, 
Yeah, he's just like a nice guy. He went to a good school. He works hard. Like he does what very talented. Like he's a normal looking guy. It's so hard to, you know. It was really hard. That was definitely the hardest one I've had to write for. And Connor McSpadden too, but there was a little more with Connor. Like I, you know, there were some angles that I got on him that were pretty good. But yeah, Toby was really tough to not just do like generic uh you know, uh, you're a fucking rapist. You know, those are like the easiest one. Like, oh, this guy looks like a pedophile. And I hate doing those jokes. But with him, I like had to. There was no, there was so few angles I could get on him. Yeah, I mean, when in doubt, just go the rapist or pedophile. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, deep down, uh, I mean, that's what Sarah Tiana did against me. I'm like, I wasn't prepared for a pedophile. So I mean, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I don't look like a pedophile, do I? <laughs> uh so that that's what i love about the show is the strategy it's it's not just like i don't know i never really watched yo mama but like i i got the the few times i saw it, it didn't seem to be a lot of strategy it was just like spit out as many as you can and hope enough you know throw enough shit against the wall and hope they stick uh whereas roast battle is like it really is a writer's showcase yeah and it's a, a thinking man or woman's uh you know, you have to really put the jokes in the, in the right order, and and uh, tonight's going to be legendary. I just have a <laughs> feeling about it. You know, it's going to be one bad battle. That's I think it's going to be so bad it's going to be good. Yeah, it's always yeah. That there was one a couple weeks ago where Mike Lawrence said, "Yeah, there's nothing worse than a battle that's just okay because at least when it's bad, you can tear it apart, and then they're, they're, it's funny." But when the jokes are kind of mediocre, it really sucks. So it's got to be either awesome or just really, really bad. It's so great when it's bad. Yeah, because like I think of, of a battle that was just there was uh, when I was judging was uh, Mark Stevens. I love we all love Mark. I'm, yeah. But his battle with Albert and Albert's an animal. Uh, how do you say Albert's last Escobedo. name? It's like one of the top newer battlers for sure. Uh, and I had such high hopes for that battle. Because I know Mark was really, you know, doing like, for you wrestling fans out there, Mark Stevens had like a Goldberg winning streak <laughs> where he only beat women. And Albert was the first guy he was facing. And Albert was five, is uh, six and oh right now, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, they were three and oh and five and oh, I think. So it was like such a hype. And then it just was kind of, it was like there. It was like, not bad, not great. Yeah. It's hard to be, you know, for the wave or the judges uh, or the Cena. The, the Saudi prince to like, it's hard when it's just an average battle. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing to grab onto to like zing. And so, uh, but who knows? I've been wrong before when I thought a battle would be bad. I don't think I'll be wrong tonight, but I mean, <laughs> right. you know, 24 hours uh, before your battle when you're not prepared, it's like, yikes. Yeah. And this is a, a heavy hitters on the judging dais tonight. Right. And yeah. And it could be, I mean, I'm already excited for where it's at now and you never know who's going to show up at the last minute. I mean, there, I looked at the lineup downstairs tonight and it's, you know, pretty big names. So do we, we could be getting some. Some pretty cool fucking people popping in upstairs. Yeah, I mean, especially when Jeff's here, because, you know, yeah. they all know Jeff. And, right. Uh, you know, Ron White will stop by with his, you know, eight-gallon uh, vat of whiskey. And- <laughs> I love when he comes up and he's so... There was one time he was so drunk, he just... They, they gave him a microphone, and I think he just thought he was going to do a set real quick. <laughs> yeah. Just started doing jokes, and everybody just went fucking crazy. I think that was when Connor was roasting. He kept looking at me, calling me Connor and Connor Earl. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I guess that's really is whiskey. And he would bring this enormous fucking... 
Uh, I don't, I've never seen a bottle of booze this big. Uh, and he would just pass it around. Like, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, he's just lighting up a joint. Just fucking. <laughs> so, hey, a shout out to Speedweed. Yeah, uh, like speedweed.com. Yeah, I love Meyerowitz's, uh, yeah. his, uh, his know, weird intro. His commercials. <laughs> hey, if you're feeling needy, do Speedy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, so tonight's going to be great. Now, uh, doing stand-up a year and a half in, I remember I was pretty bad a year and a half in. I just had no clues to what I was doing. I, I wanted to be a dirty comic, so I do these really hacky, dirty jokes, and then I started ripping off Dennis Miller. Uh, <laughs> and so what, uh, like Adam Sandler told me once, it took him like seven or eight years to find his, uh, like his comfortability on the stage. Where do you feel you're at, like in terms of, finding yourself on stage yeah as a I, comic. Have, I have no idea because i do a bunch of different stuff sometimes it's one-liners like i have a whole act of just one-liners that i do and then sometimes i talk about heroin and jail and stuff and i like that and i like both but sometimes the you know the dark stuff is too grimy and and off-putting and sometimes the one-liners are too cheesy so like i haven't found any comfortable middle ground but like there's you look at a guy like george perez most people don't even realize he's a one-liner comic but he just because he talks about coke and all this crazy shit, but he's just doing jokes. Yeah, and uh, I mean, that's kind of something I'd like to aspire to is the ability to tell a story with just jokes and jokes and jokes and jokes. Because you guys have a great angle, like you know, not a lot of people in the crowds you're playing, whether you're at the comedy store or you know uh, the legendary uh, Anchor Bar in uh, Costa Mesa. <laughs> right. uh, shout out to Evan Cassidy for running. I think they just had their five year. Uh, you know, anniversary, and uh, shout out to Joe Urell for uh, his comedy album. Oh, yeah. I, I still haven't been out to Anchor Bar. Everybody goes Monday nights. I'm always, uh, I'm always still at Potluck. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, see, that's tough. It's like catch twenty two of you know, if you get called for Potluck at the store, it's better than doing the Anchor Bar. But you know, it's. Um, you know, it's a wacky uh, lottery there. So it, yeah, yeah. I just finally got up again, and I got it was like sixth, and it's it, like there's a whole system of you know that where where you land in the you know in the order, and so sixth, I was kind of like ah shit because I'm not going to be going after anybody good, <laughs> so I have to be the first person to make everybody laugh. Right. And, and uh, uh, did I give you your first spot ever? There? Yeah, on, on uh, friends and family. That was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. No, I don't bring it up to get thanks, but I just... Uh, was that your first time performing at the comedy? So, I mean... Like, oh, no, that, I had been up on Potluck a couple times. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, but that was... Uh, you did that for me twice, which was just really great. That's because you're a good uh, dude. Oh, well, you're a good dude. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I do my best with people I like, and there's only one or two of you that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> they know who they are. They know who they are. <laughs> and like the great Wings Hauser said in the classic 80s movie Vice Squad, that's well, not that classic. I think I'm the only guy who saw it. You want to burn, play with fire. <laughs> I'm the devil. Anyway. Uh, yeah. But that was so cool to be up uh, at the end of the, the friends and family section. Like that was when the lights are off and everything and. You know, in my head, it's still amazing. That's like the you know one of the best moments of my life. But I think the reality of it is that those people in the audience had been watching comedy for four hours and they were <laughs> exhausted. It's tough because right. like I don't it's think fifty shitty comics <laughs> during three minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of people don't realize that 
you know, uh, the host has to put up, you know, the first 15 comics, it's just predetermined who they are. And, but then you have to put up about 40 uh, door guys and girls, uh, employees. So that's, by the time you got up, there had literally been probably 50 comics. Yeah. Each doing three minute sets. And, you know, I don't know about you, but like, it's hard for me to get going in three minutes. Uh, but you had, I guess you're forced to because it's like, you know, either you do or you, you don't get up. Um, yeah. What's the longest? Uh, I mean, I would say when I was in comedy a year and a half, the longest I'd ever done was 35 minutes and it was pretty bad. What What's the longest set you've done? Uh, the longest I've done is 15. And did you feel good about it? Did you feel like, do you felt you got 15 minutes of material? Yeah, it's that was weird because I have I have 10 minutes of one-liners. So I opened with 10 minutes of just straight one-liner jokes. And then I did the last five minutes of like the personal stuff about jail. And, uh, you know, I have a story about when I was homeless and shoplifting. I always close on this bit about shoplifting. It's like my big closer. Uh because people probably dig that because it's personal. It's not like a manufactured, you know, a dick joke or, right. you know, which, you know, I find the best uh, comedy is like when someone lets you know about them, you know, and like how many people in the crowd can say they were homeless. Right. Like what got, I don't mean to turn this into like a Tony Robbins, uh, Eric Thomas positivity uh, seminar, uh, but what got you like, you know, I mean, homeless is a pretty low on the fucking scale of life. What got you out of that? Was that was actually in sobriety that I was homeless. Oh, most of the time, when I was doing heroin, most of that time I was actually, I worked in television for a couple of years and I was making a lot of money. And, um, and then, then I went to jail. I got arrested while I was working on a movie uh, for driving without a license. And I ended up going to jail and then I got out and I could have kind of got my shit together at that point. But it, instead I just switched to, I, I started, I relapsed on heroin right out of jail. And uh, why do you think that is just, it was weird the whole time. I mean, I was spent six months in jail and, uh, the whole time, I mean, for five and a half months, I was just going, well, I'm never touching heroin again. That's, you know, that's that I didn't, I wasn't in jail for heroin, but that was what had ruined my life and got me to the point where I was, I ca- I got pulled over without a license because I was buying heroin. I didn't get caught with heroin, but I got caught without a license and I was already on probation for a DUI that I'd gotten, uh, when I, I used to work on Law and Order SVU. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up getting fired from that show for getting a DUI while I was working. <laughs> And, uh, what did you do for that show? That's like my favorite show. Oh, really? No, I just worked in the locations department. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Thought you might have some good iced tea stories. No, I got him uh, I got him a root beer one time. That's did he it. say thank you? <laughs> yeah, he said thanks. He was cool. He uh, he was the only one that like self-reported. He didn't have a bodyguard. He would just drive up in his Bentley and get out and do his scenes. He would pass the car off to, to somebody. They would go park it. Some white guy. In. Park my car, bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> he's like a hard, was a uh, uh, kind of a hardcore gangbanger. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the rep he's got. Anyway, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I would imagine he, like he's still got people that want to like, I don't know if I want to say kill him, but like, you know, I, I want to say I read, uh, I forget whose biography I read, but uh, he was in it, and I want to say he was involved in the Rolling Forties. Uh, I think they're a Crip. Uh, I don't know. What they're I don't know enough about. I, I don't want to turn this into an episode of Colors, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, did you ever have to buy heroin from gangbangers? 
Uh, yeah, there were actually the, they were the best. The gangs were like the the best. When it was just like the uh, the little like shitty uh, kids on the corner, I always hated that because they'd try to rip you off. Or there's like junkies that'd sell you like burn bags or just like empty or full of bullshit. But uh, there was one dude that I had. They were a Mexican gang. I don't know exactly what they were. In LA? No, this was in in New York. And uh, my my heroin dealer was the best heroin dealer. And actually, what was weird was uh, when I was a bartender years earlier, he was my bar back. And uh, I didn't I had no idea that, that that's where he was from. And we were in jail together later. like, And uh, we worked in the kitchen stuff. When he when he was a bar back, he would bust his ass like he was such a hard worker. And we were when we were in jail, we worked in the kitchen together. And we would work so hard and like just because it passed the time. And there were only a handful of guys that actually did their jobs in the kitchen. And the rest of these guys were just fucking standing around talking shit. And uh, but the the day went by so much quicker and it was so much more satisfying to actually do a good job at stuff. Right. And uh, but so he was a dude who would bust his ass. And even outside of jail, when he was my heroin dealer again, he would like yeah, he would answer my phone call anytime. He knew that I would usually eventually have money, so he would spot me if I really needed it. He was just a good dude. Like I, <laughs> like I have no ill will towards my heroin dealer. And you don't still stay in touch with this guy? Right? No, no. I I actually saw him. He's in jail again. I have a, an app on my phone where I go through uh, who's in jail. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that. It's it has like the intake information for for Orange County Jail uh, in New York, where I'm from. So I can go through and I saw there was this guy that stabbed me one time. He just got arrested again for petty larceny. He he stabbed me while I was with a box cutter, just like real like he was a fucking crackhead. So he just stuck me in the stomach and he didn't even really break the skin. But he was trying to rob me and I just like pushed him and got in the car. (laughs) But it was just uh, his name is Garfield Bentley. That's actually the guy's real name. Garfield Bentley is a crackhead who stabbed me. Well, you know, that's a first. We've never promoted, uh, what's his uh, Twitter? Is, yeah. he, uh, Inst- <laughs> right. is he on Instagram? I'd love to see his Instagram. <laughs> now, what's the longest time uh, you've ever been in prison? Like five uh, days? That was just six months. Six right. months you were yeah. in prison? Yeah. Uh, now, I'm fascinated by prison because uh, hopefully I'll never be in one. And my favorite show of all time is Prison Break. Uh, not very right. believable, right? Yeah, the first uh, like the first nine episodes of that show were really good, and then it just got weird, and it like uh, I don't know. But I just kind of stopped watching. So you watched it? Yeah, I watched some of it. Um, but I was actually in jail. Jail's a little bit different from prison. In some ways, it's worse. Like in some ways, it's jails have like a there's like a, a law that's across the country now where they all have to be like super max level. Like where it, in prison you can be. Uh, there's like lower classifications for prisons where you can be at a minimum security or whatever, but all jails in the country have to be supermax because they take everyone like anyone who's on. There's people who are there. Uh, there was a guy who was there for trying to eat another guy's face and he's in the same jail as people that are there for shoplifting. So like uh, jails take everyone, whereas prisons will take specific people based on you know their stuff. So they have different securities clearances or whatever so, so you were just in uh, right i don't want to say like it's like not a big deal but you were just in a jail yeah yeah i ended up being in uh well first i was in the trustees dormitory well uh like first they put you in general population and then if you're sentenced they send you to the trustees dorm where you get like a job and you have like a couple more liberties around the jail and um you know that's where you get a they give you a job and you get paid which is like three bucks a day which is enough for four packs of ramen noodles 
Well, who said crime wouldn't pay? <laughs> right. <laughs> now, like, like when I picture jail, I just before you just told me all this, I just pictured you know the whites go to the whites. Like, is it like segregated and even in jail? Like, do you go like? Are you pressured to hang out with your own kind, or is it just everyone mixes with every? You got blacks and whites, Mexicans. No, I mean it is segregated, but the same way that like my high school cafeteria was segregated. Like cool the, kids, the black guys hung out with the black guys and whatever, and and there were different groups of white dudes. But like I went, I remember one time we were playing poker. We were all playing poker, and uh, this other dude, uh, another inmate, was just like, "Hey, uh, Nolan, why don't you go sit with the black guys?" Like, because he thought it would be a funny prank. Like, if I just went up and sat down at the black table, right. and then I just did, and they were fine, and we just hung out for a little while. And I just looked back at him, and I was like, "See, it's not funny. It's not nobody's racist in jail." It's well, I don't know about that. Well, <laughs> there were guys like swastika guys or whatever that were on their way to prison, but. I, there's some of that shit. That's more of a prison thing, I think, but uh, not so much in jail. I, most people are not, are there that are they're not serving any more than a year, right? And what is like, uh, you know? Of course, this is called inappropriate, Earl. So you know, I have to ask this question. I'm not asking about <laughs> you personally, but did you see any kind of sexual situations going on? Uh, no, one dude, uh, one dude got caught uh, getting a blowjob from one of the lunch ladies there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. She well, must have been a looker. She was d- disgusting. And then, uh, but what happened was, uh, it was it was a consensual blowjob. They were they, he stayed late in the kitchen to help her clean up. I bet he did. <laughs> and uh, and they went back in the freezer and he pulled his dick out and she started sucking it. And then uh, <laughs> the guard walked in and saw it going on and uh, reported it. And then so they put this dude in the box and uh, they questioned her. And uh, they were saying, you know, we're going to charge him with rape. And she said, no, 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 it's, it was consensual. I sucked his dick. I was willing to suck his dick. He didn't rape me. And they said, well, then we're going to charge you with rape because an inmate can't consent to sex. So if you're having consensual sex with an inmate, technically you're the rapist. So then she just said, oh, no, he raped me, he raped me real good. <laughs> and they just kind of, it got to the, this back and forth and they ended up just letting the guy out of jail. He was scheduled for release that week. And that's something that happens is when dudes are getting close to the door, they start acting out and being retarded because I think they're scared of having to go back. And, you know, there's there was one guy who got, he got out and right away just... His girlfriend was still in jail and uh, he got out and immediately got arrested on purpose just so that he could come back and she would get out before him and try to set up a life for them together. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, and wow. Well, okay. Now, well, were you ever, without getting too into the nitty gritty, but like, were you ever uh, offered sex in prison? Because you're no. a good looking dude. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It's, it wasn't like that. You know, it's. Uh... I just have this fantasy of just <laughs> everyone's boning. Yeah. And, you know, but that's probably more in prison, would you say? Cause for yeah, like... they, yeah, that's like a thing. And it's, they, they don't even consider it gay. Um, I mean, I would imagine, like, because I was thinking about this the other day, like, if you're in there for like, I don't know, just say five <laughs> years and. You know, if you don't have a shot at the lunch lady, uh, <laughs> you know that at some point you're going to want to stick it in something. Yeah. So is it gay if that's like the only choice? Yeah. The most of them just uh, it's kind of accepted that that's not gay, that they don't consider it gay or whatever. But uh, there was uh, I asked a guy there were a lot of old timers around there. There were like older dudes who were back in just because of drugs or, you know, petty larceny or whatever. But they'd been you know, they'd done long stretches for 
weapons possessions or whatever. They, they'd done a ton of prison time. So I liked asking them questions, these guys that were like, you know, maybe 60, 65 years old. And uh, they, they had, you know, I asked a guy if uh, like prison rape is uh, real, you know, if that's like a thing you got to worry about. And he just oh. said uh, like, no, no, his exact words were, oh, there's so many faggots in prison, man. You want to fuck a faggot, you can go fuck a faggot. Well, words <laughs> to live by, Lloyd. <laughs> now, when did you watch Prison Break? Before you went into prison or, or jail or? Uh, I think it was actually in the stretch there was a there was a stretch of time where i knew i was going to jail and uh i i what just wasn't uh i just wasn't there yet like the, I, there was about two months where we wrapped on this movie that i was working on which movie okay, uh, it was right. just some piece of shit movie it was called me america it was just a fucking total i don't think it's even gotten released yet i it was, it was in theaters out here i went to go see it uh, it was just like a limited release or whatever, but there were two other people in the theater. Me America. Me America. And like MI America. It was about these uh immigrants that get uh kidnapped and tortured. Um but it's it was just a real piece of shit movie. It's not a good movie. Well you should see America Me. That's <laughs> that's the real deal. Yeah. Uh, I think uh Edward James you know, like four people have died from making that movie. Oh really? Uh yeah, it's like uh it, it was rumored that the uh Mexican mob had put out a hit on Edward James Olmos, you know, and unless he donated a certain amount of money and and then like the main consultant for that movie uh, was murdered and like really yeah, it was like and then I think a lower level assistant uh, director was killed and so if you're going to make a prison movie, just you know, make sure you got all your P's and Q's lined <laughs> up. Now, when you watched Prison Break, uh did you think I mean, you know, one and they're bringing it back, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> now, like you said, season one, I think if they would have stopped at season one, people would still be talking about that show because it was an inventive show. Yeah, I, I watched some of the later ones and it just got really ridiculous and over the top. And Why would you say that? I don't know. Very believable. Like, he kept getting in these different prisons. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just very silly. <laughs> You're the only one that's brought that, you know, <laughs> season one, you know, t uh, you, you know, was great. I mean, it, an inventive show. Yeah, really cool. Kind yes. of a unique, uh, you know, guy breaks into prison to free his brother. It's yeah. like, who breaks into prison? And, you know, they escape. And if you just would have stopped, it would have been like, hey, did they make it? Where'd they go? You have so many questions. Season two, uh, you know, I guess you had to do it to see them on the run. I mean, that was kind of cool. But season three, when they end up in a all like, eight of them right panama or yeah right? same panamanian jail <laughs> it's like all right this is starting to this <laughs> right. starting to get a little rough yeah and then season four was out of control i mean i don't know what drugs the writers were on uh, i don't think they saw season four season four like they're in america again and they're trying to take down the company which is like you know like it's the uh, you know the shadow shadowy uh organization that put lincoln burroughs into prison in the first place so they're trying to tie it up <laughs> and I, so uh the other brother the one who broke in michael he's dead now but he's coming back for season five. Oh, really yeah it's like you know it's like are we all out of ideas yeah you should be a writer on that <laughs> they need someone like that's like you and George Perez should just fucking take right. over production. Just let them know what's. Uh... I'll put in a few. <laughs> I'll put in a few calls to Fox tomorrow. Um, so, 
let's wrap this up because I know you got a. Uh, oh, are you nervous at all? No, I'm kind of all right. I know what I'm doing. Right. Uh, right. I mean, this is, I've done a dozen of them now, so it's just like a dozen. That's a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In a in a year. That's crazy. I yeah. mean, like. Uh, you know, you you are like the. I'm gonna try and get the wrestling goobers uh, who might I might be losing with this prison talk and, and roast battle. Uh, Dan Nolan is like the John Cena of uh, the roast battle. He's always there. He will uh, perform at the drop of a hat. You know, he's at every uh, pay per view, as you will. Uh, I'm like uh, Brock Lesnar. I just do select pay per views. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm back uh, next week too. I'm battling next week. Who are you battling next? Uh, week? Nicole Buchanan, my ex-girlfriend. Now let's get into this. We were <laughs> going to wrap up, but I like the way you do it versus the way I do it. Uh, I've battled two girls I was dating at the time, and uh, like about a month later, they both broke up with me. <laughs> yeah. I like the way you do it much better. Just never works out for me. Uh, do you find it better, you know, now that you're broken up, you know, it's, I would think of the possibility of it. Well, you guys had an amicable breakup, right? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, not cool. I don't think she was happy. It was, you know, whatever. I, I just, I'm not, I haven't been in any position where I could have a girlfriend really. So I just kind of had to go like, yeah, you know, I, but she's great. And I oh, really she's like awesome. Her. She's fucking awesome. And she's so funny. So that could be, I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, po- the door was open, maybe for a reunion. Not anytime soon, but like it's possibility. I don't. I mean, I you know, I don't want to. Yeah, right. Nah, just <laughs> that, see that's guy talk right yeah, there. You gotta, yeah, you keep your options. But, nah, and she's mad at me about some of the shit. Okay, well, yeah, we don't. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it does matter though, baby. But I guess the point was, uh, uh you know. Like when uh, I battled my uh, lady friends, I, I will m- mention no names because they are not here. Uh, although I think it's pretty, you know, I've only battled like three. Girls. I've only <laughs> lost the girls in roast battle. It's yeah. a crazy thing. I'm like the opposite of Mark Stevens. Uh, <laughs> that's like my fourth Mark Stevens plug. Right. <laughs> uh, go if you uh, follow uh, Mark Stevens on Twitter or Instagram. It's Mark the Shark plus uh, four numbers. I don't remember. So uh, <laughs> just follow all the Mark the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's like ten thousand of them. <laughs> He's got some random four. It's probably his, He's such a. Uh, a bip. He probably has his pen code as his number. <laughs> right. Hey, nothing will happen here. <laughs> now, uh, now I know you got to get into the Lindsey Jennings mode, so we'll wrap it up. But battling Nicole, it, you know, you guys must have the dirt on each other, and uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to do it. It was actually my idea because I think it's going to be really fun, and I think that she's going to have a lot of shit to say about me. Uh, so I, I, and she's very good. She lost her two undercards, but they were both really great. Oh my uh, God! Her last uh, uh, undercard was against who? Uh, 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 Jay's girlfriend, Leah. That was like uh, one of the certainly one of the best female undercards ever, and and a great undercard regardless of yeah. uh, sex, because she's uh, she's got like an interesting look. Like she looks like she's perpetually stoned. Yeah, but she's hot. Like so, it's like you can't really attack her for her looks because it's like every guy in the room would bone her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, respectfully, I say that, you know, I mean, but it's the comedy store and a bunch of fucking slobs <laughs> up there. 
I've lost every girlfriend up there due to that place. These fucking animals. Yeah, that's uh, just the weird thing about kind. It's impossible to date a comic. It's like it's just too. You know, it's tough. I mean, uh, I mean, that's all we're around. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's it is tough. Uh, yeah, and it'd be hard to date anyone else either. Like it's almost it's there's no winning. It's yeah, because so, it that consumes all of the rest of my life. Like I. I, I do a lot. I have a regular job and I go into work and then I do, you know, I go to a lot of AA meetings and stuff and I do recovery stuff. And then the rest of every hour of my day has to be pretty much devoted to comedy and sleep. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't think people really realize the dedication comedy, you know, it's not just going up there, uh, you know, and, and winging it. I mean, some people do that and, uh, you know, they're, playing the chuckle hut in temecula <laughs> uh, i love temecula oh temecula hold on let's plug out roast wars yeah roast uh, wars frank, uh, frank castillo as frank castillo uh it's uh like the sister show to roast yeah. battle it's sanctioned by roast battle yeah. have and, you been uh, out there yet i'd like to uh it's really fun i'm gonna have to get my roasting chops back up uh yeah you know my next battle isn't until like january yeah. Uh, yeah what i do is i just i like to go up there and just redo battles that i've already done here so i don't have to write any new jokes <laughs> but they give you stage time at the beginning so you're up there's you know there's like 70 75 people there it's a really good audience you get five minutes and then you do the battles and i've already written the jokes for these battles right. so i just kind of redo them and the audience loves it and i've done a couple on like i did richie Gaines and mike schmidt who i didn't battle here so I did. I wrote a couple new jokes for some battles I've done up there, but I've done it like five or six times. It's awesome. It's always fun. Yeah, if you're out there in Temecula, what what's the bar? It's uh, at? Third Street Live. Third Street Live. Is it every Thursday? Yeah, every Thursday night uh, at eight o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, free show. Uh, it's yeah, it's great. Free show. It's a stand up. You'll see the roasters. You're you're gonna see roasting. Do comedy too, which isn't always the case. Like tonight, you know, I don't think anyone on the roast is doing stand up too. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really. Sometimes we go on the week after. Most of the time, we just don't get spots. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Hollywood, baby. <laughs> right. I've been on the show three years. I've been You've never done that. I guess I'm not. I've done two. I think after a dozen battles and. Well, you know, when the day comes where I got to kiss a guy's ass who wears a wallet chain, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. Audi 5000, baby. I don't know if you're talking about it. I think you're talking about it. I have no idea. See, I like to speak in vague. <laughs> you know, like Ty Rivera would just say the name. Right. But I, I like, uh, yeah, I'm a weird guy. Like when I play hockey and uh, this looks like the battle tonight on stage. Yeah. So. Uh, we got uh, CNN Don Lemon with uh, two uh, African American women on, and I thought it was uh, interviewing them for their roast battle match tonight. <laughs> Is that Courtney Banks? Yeah. What the fuck? Shout out to Courtney Banks battling in a few hours. Yep. At the Courtney Banks. Yeah. On Twitter. And uh, I hope she uh, prepared uh, today. <laughs> I love Courtney. She's yeah, awesome. She texted me actually uh, right while I was outside. Just uh, show me your jokes. I think she'll be all right. Yeah, I know. She's awesome. You know, that's what I love about uh, the roast battle and the comedy store. We all give each other uh, unsurmountable piles of shit. But, you yeah. know, deep down we love each other. And, you know, uh, so there's that. But uh, so now let's just get into a smidge of roast battle strategy with your ex. Do Are the gloves you think are a little more off with Nicole or? Cause she's so likable, right? 
that you got to be careful. I would yeah. think. No, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose. Like, and that's why I want to do it. I think she, I think she'll probably fuck me up. Like, because I don't. I have one good joke. I think, and uh, I mean, I haven't sat down because I've been focusing more of my energy on this week. Right. But uh, so I have a week to come up with two or three more good jokes. Is it a main event? No, just uh, we're just doing an undercard. Okay, yeah, I, I I like. I wish more top battlers would do undercards. Yeah, they're uh, kind of coming into style now because it's so hard to get booked for the the main events are getting booked like four or five months in advance now, and it's kind of crazy. And, yeah, uh, no, I think people, uh, you know the and you you uh, I think you Jay Light, Pat Barker, Keith Carey, and Tony Bartoloni do an amazing job at. Uh, you guys switch off on writing the roast report. Yeah, Pat now does like features and stuff, which are awesome. I love reading those. And then so it's me, Jay, and Tony and Keith that are uh, doing the roast report, which I hate writing. It's such a fucking pain in the ass. But uh, well, I mean, you guys all you know do an amazing job. I mean, Tony Bartoloni writes these fucking like soliloquies. <laughs> yeah, that, I saw, read the one tonight. It's oh, it's fuck. Like, I couldn't oh get through God. it. I'm like, right. I, I, I got so a lot long. of time on my hands. He's talking else. about Donald Trump and right. all this shit. He, like, he did like animated pictures of two guys he didn't know. <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus Christ, I just would have put two question marks and you know because uh, we have two rookie battlers, I think. Right. Yeah, I hate doing that when it's people I don't know. There was the last one I wrote was really cool because I knew everybody. Right. So I got that's really fun and I like I like writing the recap no matter what, but the previews I always hate because if it's just a bunch of people that don't that don't really do stand up that happens a lot where there's people that like aren't out doing open mics. So I don't know them. They're just guys that are kind of like around or they're like bringer comics. And it's I don't have anything interesting to say about them. And I don't want to be a dick in case, you know, they, they might do good. I just have no idea. So I, it's really hard to come up with anything to say about people that I don't know. Yeah. If you don't see someone grinding on the mic scene and like they've never done a battle before, it's like outside of their name. What the hell else are you going to say? And, yeah. Uh, but uh, there were two guys. The only time I really went out of my way to shit on people before even the battle were these two guys the, a couple weeks ago that had had. Uh, they like went through this whole, uh, and I've never seen either of these guys doing stand up before. And but they had made like promo videos for their roast battle, and, and I remember like, it bombed. Yeah, it was really bad, and okay. one of the guys just would not uh he like was not willing to take his lumps one of the guys the, the other guy just kind of stood there and took it and was friendly and likable and the one guy was the other guy was just trying to go, go uh, take shots back at jeff and at you and it was just who was like, it uh, <laughs> it was pj Corshane and michael amico right and, right and yeah I knew, I knew as soon as i saw them and i saw what they were doing on facebook i just said this is gonna be really bad and uh, i try i didn't go too hard but i just you know i, I kind of shit on them a little in the preview and then in the in the in the recap i let them have it because it was it was just very clear that they just had no business being up there they didn't work hard enough on the jokes instead they were making fucking promos there was this other guy that had uh this other guy, one of the rapper guys, did a. Uh, he made a poster of himself right. for a show. Did you see that? And it said, uh, as, his, as his credit, it said it was for a different show, but he used as his credit uh, as seen on an upcoming uh, episode of Comedy Central's Roast Battle. Right. And it was, he's doing a fucking undercard, and he sucked fucking ass. Oh yeah, these fucking palming <laughs> bastards! It's fucking unbelievable. You know, there's more fudge in L.A. credits than the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> You know, it's unbelievable. Uh, I know a guy who was on Last Comic Standing twice. He was so bad that he had him back a second time bombing, and he used it as a credit. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There's a ton of that. The, 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 I mean, 
people that you know as seen on Comedy Central just because they got a tweet on at midnight or whatever yeah. and like oh my god so, so many or so much comedy store regular uh, yeah. attention LA comics this might be my first live attention LA comics uh, you're not a regular at the comedy store if you just drive by it right you gotta <laughs> you actually perform there and get a check maybe couple weeks every couple yeah. weeks yeah uh, there's people that have yeah that are just bringer comics that write the comedy store is their credit and their flappers bio or whatever and it's just like you people are fucking disgusting i love the flappers <laughs> uh i like the flappers payout grid <laughs> i got uh they paid me one time oh really <laughs> yeah i got 40 bucks for a weekend in claremont oh that's cool that's yeah, very nice two sandwiches for, yeah i'm sure they were good they were. <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, they were. There you yeah, go. Roast beef and blue cheese. Roast beef. They've uh, actually. They've got a tiny. The Claremont one. They've got a tiny little kitchen, but those dudes know how to cook. Like they. They make some great food over there. I like Claremont better than the one out here. That yeah, because you don't have to deal with Dave and Barbara. <laughs> Dave and Barbara. I really love those. Uh, well, those who can't do those who can't teach those who can't do charge 450 dollars for classes <laughs> i mean that, don't get me started <laughs> i like dave personally i think he's a really nice guy but i just uh, i don't know and i don't know barbara but i mean i don't know man it's like if hannibal Burris is today teaching a class I'll take it. I'll give him $450, <laughs> you know, or if uh, the Sklar brothers, uh, you know, oh, who, whoever, uh, you know, if uh, Henchcliffe is teaching a roasting, a roast writing class or whatever, you know, I'd, well, I probably wouldn't pay for that. I'd ask him to you know, hook me <clears> up. But like, you know, I, I would pay for that, actually. If Jeff Ross is, you know, how to break into the roast writing world, you know. I mean, if you want to learn how to hit a baseball, you're going to talk to Tony Gwen, not, you know, uh, Tony Alfano. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Tony Alfano. Uh, he doesn't battle as much as I'd like to see him battle. So many battlers out there I'd like to see battle more. Yeah, there's guys like Jeff Sewing that kind of oh. just do it every once in a while, and he's amazing. You know. uh, Brent, Brendan Lynch, uh, my, he'd be top five for sure. Uh, but, I don't uh, think I know him. He did. Uh, I don't think he's done a battle for about a year. He works with Pat on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know who he is. He's he fucking brilliant, and I always. Uh, he had one of the best jokes against Alex Hooper, and who's the champ. So it's saying something. Uh, it's like uh, Alex has a degree in theater. I didn't know Monsters You had a theater program. It's <laughs> <was just> like, <laughs> so good because you just, just, like, just look at him and you go, it's oh, just yeah. that just without saying anything <laughs> else, you're just looking at Hooper and thinking he's a monster. <laughs> and obviously Hooper's like one of the greatest guys on earth. And yeah, yeah, super he's funny. a really nice guy. So. Yeah, so, and he's the champ. And him and Pat Barker got a big match. Oh, coming I can't up. wait, man! I, you know, I, I, I think Pat will take it. Uh, Hooper's really good, but Pat is just—I uh, mean, he's just the fucking best, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, uh, and uh, you know, uh, I uh, let's just say I'm starting files on both of them. Yeah, and uh, I've already got a three-layered entrance planned out. <laughs> I can guarantee there's not many guarantees in life. Other than death and taxes. But my entrance for the championship battle will be unlike no other. No stone unturned. All right. Now, I know you got a battle to get psyched up for. So where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Dan Nolan Comedy. I'm not really on Instagram. Uh, I mean, I have a thing. It's just at Dan Nolan 22, but I don't post anything. I don't really tweet either. But... Uh, you know, in Facebook, you're just Dan Nolan. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, I don't Facebook. I hate that when people do like uh, people find me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't accept anyone's friend request ever. I, I like I, you into anti-social uh, social yeah. media. I get. I just when you I end up getting fucking invited to like thirty Martin Harris comedy nights a week. I'm What's wrong like, with Jesus that? Fucking <laughs> or the Courtney Banks Baps open mic. <laughs> I like the Baps open mic actually. That's a really good mic. Just give me a fucking spot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what are you booking next season of uh, Comics Unleashed? Just, <laughs> no, I love you, Courtney. I'm just kidding. Courtney's in the zone right yeah. now. That is an awesome mic. Have you ever been over there? I haven't. And, and I, I need to because I need yeah. to get back to my roots. Uh, you know, like, I love Omid's open mic on Sundays. Oh, yeah. That's so fun. I, I work Sundays now, so I don't get to go anymore. But that's a really great mic, especially for roast jokes. I always used to bring them over there. and Because like, that's everybody's there. It's like Omid and Ramsey and Rena and all, you know, all roast people. Yeah, and it's Jerome's a good. There and, you know, if you can get uh, a laugh in that crowd amongst roasting junkies i guess you'd say i'm oh, sorry i didn't mean to say <laughs> yeah i really didn't mean uh roasting aficionados uh you know you know it's a, probably going to be a pretty good joke so uh my problem is it's just too hard for me to get up sunday mornings so yeah you you sleep late right because you're uh, I, mean, I try you know the last two uh, days uh i've been working on the showtime show i'm dying up here and i had to get up uh and be on set at five in the morning oh, the shit. last two days. But it's that show is going to be huge. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, of course, they have me playing a bitter late-night comic. Oh, really? <laughs> they literally gave me no lines. They're like, you know, you're going to have about five minutes of camera time where you have to do material. Uh, so just uh, say what you'd say late night. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I did a big scene today where uh, – I- <laughs> I wish you could seen the camera guy's face. It's like I'm just. What would I say at the comedy store right now? Just start talking shit about the room. And, <laughs> like it wasn't working because the crowd was packed. Like they had a packed crowd. For oh the yeah. Film. So it's I'm not like, like when it's actually twelve thirty yeah. in the. Uh, OR. Which is how I want to do my uh, special. Special. <laughs> you know, like because when you like you're a comic and you're you're a creative dude. When like if you're watching Netflix, now you, we probably don't watch a lot of stand up specials because we want to do it. Right. But like. You know, most stand-up specials are packed theater, packed comedy club. You know, Gerard Carmichael's HBO special was in a packed original room. Ari Shafir's packed original room. Tony Hinchcliffe's uh, one-shot packed Ice House. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do one, like, like kind of the crowd that's going to be in the OR at, like, one thirty tonight. <laughs> yeah. Four All people. All drunken fucking shit. <laughs> drunk slobs. Yeah. And I have to do an hour. <laughs> that would be so great. But it's good material. Well, hopefully it's good material. Right. But, but you know, it's just that's the joke. And then I'm doing so poorly, I have to bring up another comic <laughs> yeah. to close out my special. <laughs> I pitched it to a guy at Comedy Central. <laughs> you know, after Roast Battle in Montreal, he's like, hey, you know, you're really funny and all that stuff. I'm like... Do you have any ideas? I'm like, yeah, I got a great idea for a special. And his eyes lit up, you know, because that's their thing is comedy specials. Mm -hmm. And just halfway through that pitch, he's like, (laughs) yeah. I would love to see that. Uh, I mean, just, you know, you know, sometimes I should keep my ideas to myself. Uh, (laughs) But Dan Nolan's one of the good ones. Uh, Do you have any uh, stand up shows you want to plug? Anything coming up? This will be out tomorrow. So. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't really have anything going on. 
Okay, well, uh, you can see uh, me and Dan are both masters of marketing. <laughs> right. I'm the worst at social media and all that shit. Oh, I'm the worst. You know, I just... I'm, well, you tweet and stuff, and you have followers. I just... I don't say anything. You know, I, I post something on Facebook, like, unless it's roast battle related. That's pretty much all I post on Facebook. I mean, I try and... I just tweet hacky zingers out, you know, <laughs> just like... I hate doing it, but it's like... I know, uh, I known, I've known people who've gotten like management agencies because they had social media followings. Like, yeah, you know, I'm sure Lindsay, who's like an animal. Yeah, on, she's uh, got a, a lot of followers. She's got like over a hundred thousand, I think, on Instagram. Yeah, something crazy. And, like uh, that. Twitter, I, I don't. I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's just how you have to do it. So uh, look for. Uh, so thank you to Dan Nolan for coming on. Uh, Dan's an elite roaster and. Uh, you know, roast battles, uh, something's happening uh, in the new year, and I'm sure Dan will be a part of it. And uh, who knows, even Daddy may get a little slice of the pie. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, tomorrow night, uh, Dan's opponent, Lindsey Jennings, will be here. And then uh, i got a couple special guests I'm working on, but it's not easy getting these people to uh, come over. It's no joke. And uh, thank you to all the love and support of uh, the fans. Uh, you know, I do it for you guys. So uh, Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes, Dan Nolan, Twitter and Instagram. But follow him more on Twitter. Uh, you know, he's not an Instagrammer. And uh, don't bug him on Facebook. <laughs> so uh, Earl Skakel over and out. <laughs> <laughs>